I'm Melissa White, and this is The Spirit Room. This is a place for seekers that find themselves intrigued with working with the unseen world. I'll bring you insight into my life and work as a medium, interviews with people that I find fascinating, and also provide you with some tools to help you implement a beautiful life in partnership with spirit. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy what spirit has in store for us. Hi everyone, I'm Melissa White and welcome back to the Spirit Room Podcast. I am so delighted and happy to be here with you today and I wanted to share a little bit about spirit guides, guardians, how how they work with us, work behind the scenes in our lives and different ways that you can have a bond and a friendship with them. And also just explore a little bit about how it's very different for everyone, that there's not just one way to connect with spirit guides. So I hope that you will just join me for this conversation and that it will be helpful to you, bring you some insight, and maybe just spark something within you, re-inspire you to take a look at your own friendship and relationship with the unseen helpers. Although I call them the unseen helpers, but I actually do see them. So I guess um, that's not really the most accurate, the most accurate description. But they are, to me, like very dear friends. And I think that when you connect with your spirit guides, you have to keep in mind that it's a relationship. So in life with your friendships, You don't just turn to your friends, hopefully, like the only time you turn to them is when you're in need, when you need help, when you need something from them. I think that it's give and take, it's reciprocal. And so you have to almost give the time and the energy in the same way that you would to human physical world friendship. So how can you give time to your spirit guides? I think it doesn't have to be hours and hours a day that you're making that connection, but certainly talking to them. Now, there is this mind-to-mind communication for sure. It's telepathic communication, energetic communication a lot of the time, but I find that there's a lot of power in the spoken word. And for me and in my experience, anytime that I speak the words out loud to spirit, to my guides, I feel as though it is more intense of a connection and it's more of a powerful connection. So I would just keep that in mind, experiment with it and see if you notice a difference. But for me, I like to speak the words out loud. I find that I'm in my head a lot. I'm an air sign. So for me, the mental stimulation is for real. I am a thinker. I'm a deep feeler, but I can be very much in my head too. And I know that lots of you can relate to that, being in your thoughts a lot. So maybe there's something to do about the vibration of the words, the release of that energy as you speak those words. To me, it just feels 
it feels right for me to actually have the conversation out loud. And so you gotta you gotta talk to them. And I think that sometimes old school psychics have have created this narrative that when they're they've been in touch with their guides, that basically it's 24-7 and that their guides are constantly intervening in their life and telling them what to do. And they could be driving along and their guide is basically speaking to them audibly like you could hear they could hear it with their physical sense of hearing that what to do turn left here now and I'm not discounting I'm sure that maybe that is some people's experience however it doesn't seem typical and I know a ton of mediums I know a ton of psychics I know a ton of healers lots of students lots of colleagues teachers that I know and that's not the experience that, that I've had with guides. And that certainly doesn't seem to be the experience that others have had. So what I would say is that if that's your expectation and you're thinking, oh, I'm not connecting with my guides because I don't have that experience, you can give yourself a break. Let that go. Okay. It doesn't have to be one way or one thing. And for the longest time, I didn't know or didn't think that I could possibly be a medium because I wasn't hearing everything outside of myself. And I wasn't having at that point objective clairvoyance where I was seeing solid spirit people right in front of me all over the place everywhere I went. And they weren't bombarding me with messages constantly. I thought, oh, I must be doing it wrong or I must not be, I must not be, I can't be a medium. I'm not a medium. And so it really messes with your head sometimes what you are exposed to, what you see on TV, what you see, read even. I used to like love Sylvia Brown books. I read, I read quite a few. I went through a period of time where I, I read a lot of her books. And I do find there was a ton of information that I, I still resonate with and I do really agree with. And there was a lot of stuff in those books that was helpful. But the more I've evolved and changed over time, I think that I see maybe what you're exposed to and what you read early on in your education, your development, it's easy to just take that on as truth, like to not question it, to not really, to not really think for yourself, I guess. And so for anyone listening who is on this path of discovery and exploration, which I pretty much think includes everyone who's who's listening. You want to take everything with a grain of salt. You want to read it, watch it, experience it, but then go within, go to spirit for yourself and see what your own experience and your own truth really is when it comes to this kind of thing. So I mean, don't, no disrespect. I'm not bashing any anyone whose experience maybe is dramatic with their guides, but I'm just saying that it's important for you to experience it for yourself and then not judge it. Don't judge your experience compared to someone else's. We all have very unique things that we come here to work on. And I look at them as far as like theme, life themes. And it seems to me that depending on what your themes are, depending on what your experiences have been thus far with your previous incarnations, previous lifetimes, 
And even what you've experienced in this current life, as far as your sometimes traumas, difficulties, challenges, it, it all connected to what you're going to experience and your relationship with your own soul and your relationship with the spirit world. So just to keep that in mind. So for me, I would say looking back, I can, I, I can be sure. I know that I've always felt guided. I've always felt that there was some unknown or unseen force with me. Now, when I think of that, I think of the God force. I think of God, this connection and relationship to God. But there's been times where certainly there's certain things that you just know have been divinely orchestrated, or you just know that there's been an angel by your side. I feel that and I believe that wholeheartedly. But did I always have that awareness? Did I always know that? No, I, I think I spent a lot of time not even knowing about spirit guides, not even being aware. And I think it's so exciting when you start to get curious and start to wonder, who is a part of this, this team of helpers? And I know lots of times we'll think like, oh, I've got three guides. I know this one and this one and this one. Or I've got one. Or I don't know. I don't know my guides. I don't have any. But I, I imagine all the time, when I, especially when I connect with people, there's like a, a group. I feel like we all have a ton, a ton of guides and helpers and healers and angels and beings of light and masters and teachers that work on our behalf. I think it's mind-blowing and it's mind-boggling to even fathom all of the beings that are actually working with us. And I guess they are kind of unseen. I think a lot of the times they aren't, we aren't even aware. And I always feel sad in a way for people who don't know that they've got these guides. Because what Spirit shows me many times is that there's situations where people feel extremely alone. There's situations where people are going through the darkest of times. And maybe they don't have the physical human support in their lives. And it's very sad and it's very, very painful. But the image that I see is that I'll see a person suffering in that way. And then there's an image in my mind's eye that I can see that it's a group of absolutely benevolent, beautiful healers that surround them and that are working tirelessly on their behalf to bring them love, to bring them support, to bring them healing. So I think I wish that more people were aware. I wish that more people knew just how much support and love is actually there for them. I think also when it comes to the difference, I think sometimes people are confused as to the terminology. So a spirit guide in a technical sense, and I think I've, I may have touched on this before, but for those of you that are wondering, a spirit guide is essentially uh, a being who's been a spiritual being who's lived human lifetimes, who's lived human incarnations, who is in the spirit realm. And there's this agreement between yourself and, and them that they're going to guide you in this lifetime that you're living. So there's been an agreement made and they spend their energy and time and focus to really be watching over you. 
Having said that, it doesn't mean that they're meant to protect you from all challenges. That is not their purpose. That is not what they're there for. The purpose is that they're going to support you and they're going to offer you assistance when you need it in coping with the physical world, in perhaps orchestrating, helping you to meet the people that you are meant to meet in this life. They, I think, have a lot to do with nudging you in the direction of learning lessons, spiritual lessons that you've wanted to work on, you've needed to work on, or that you've said, I, need, I want to focus on this in this lifetime. I think they're there to help us grow, but they're not there to teach us to avoid difficulty. And I find that a lot of people, especially when it comes to having a reading, like a psychic reading about life, I think they have this idea that a psychic reading is meant to give them warnings and give them this information that somehow is going to help them prevent themselves from feeling pain. And maybe in the Back in the day, maybe some of that was true. Maybe that was the way that it was regarded or what was expected or what people did because maybe that was, that was what they knew. My outlook is different. My perspective on that is different. I think that our guides are there for the purpose that I've expressed, but also our intuition. Our intuition is not there necessarily to prevent us from going through challenges. I think sometimes your intuition can guide you to a challenging situation. And you'll think, oh, like I must have been off. Why did I have that feeling so strongly if this was the outcome? This is not the outcome that I wanted. This is not enjoyable. Like, nope, I don't like this. Or even in a reading, if you get feeling or, or like a message that's talking about guiding you in one particular uh, direction. And maybe it leads you to something that is really hard and really painful. I think it would be easy to say, Melissa, why did you tell me to do that? Or not that I tell people what to do, but why would you encourage that? Or why would that have come through? Why would that message have come through if it was just going to lead me to something painful? And what I would say is you have to look at it from a higher perspective and a bigger perspective. We're not here for only the light and only the beautiful, joyful sunshine and roses. We are actually here to do some work. If we were just wanting to just be in that sort of perfection and harmonious energy and just everything is beautiful and light and love, we would literally just stay in the spirit world. Why would we even choose to come back here? Why would we incarnate if we're not looking to do the work? So it's hard to, I, I think it's hard for us to grasp that. And I think sometimes, depending on how painful something is, we can almost be angry, be sort of like, this is BS. Like, why, why would I agree to this? This, I don't, I can't believe that I would ever decide to come to earth <laughs> if this was going to be my experience. Like, I think that's, that's a valid feeling sometimes. Every once in a while, we all can get to that point. We come to a dark night of the soul. Or you just come through a really difficult season of life. And so I would just 
invite you to think about the fact that we're maybe we're not here to avoid pain. Maybe we're here to experience everything as much as we possibly can. The good, the perceived bad, the ugly, the dark and the light within ourselves, within each other, to learn what we can, to really express what's potentially within us, like express ourselves on a soul level. And it doesn't matter how quote unquote spiritual you get, there are always lessons. There is not one person that I could say is completely mastered loving themselves, accepting themselves, loving every other being and has it all figured out. I I personally haven't come across anyone. And so I think we're all at varying degrees. We're all at varying levels of learning and education. And I really do, I really do agree with that notion that this life is a classroom. It, It is an opportunity to learn. And the kicker is that we're not in charge of the lessons all the time. We don't always get to choose. It's almost like I I think of it like in post-secondary, say like a university or something, where, yes, you have some some electives. Great. You can choose and you can maybe specialize. But there's still those things that are requirements. And maybe it's a requirement that you don't love. You still have to do it. And you still have to go through it. And your choice in the matter is how you're going to respond, how you're going to get through it. And I, I kind of liken it to, for me, like when I, when I finished high school and I went to post-secondary, I was really thinking about being a teacher. I wanted to teach French because I loved languages and I, you know, was fluent in French by the end of grade 12. I finished my French immersion, graduated with that, and then was taking Spanish and quite fluent in Spanish. And I loved, I loved languages and I loved teaching. And so that was part of the idea. But I also had this keen interest in psychology. I was really, really fascinated. And I loved the courses that I took in psychology. However, there was a problem. I won't get anywhere with a psychology degree. I wanted to do it fully, like go the whole like master's or PhD or something. The issue, the problem was that there was a math component. I had to take some statistics courses in order to finish that degree and fulfill those requirements. That struck a fear in me like I can't even, I still have literally to this day and I'm now 41. I still have nightmares about being in a math test and just sweating and having like a breakdown. Okay, so it's a, it's definitely one of those things that I feel like is unresolved within me. Anyways, I ended up, my life kind of went a different direction. I got hired, I think it was 19. So it was my first, I think I completed the first year of my post-secondary. But then that summer, I was hired. I applied for Air Canada. They did a huge hiring thing at the end of, I think it was like 1999. And into I, I was working for them. I went for the training and did all that and ended up getting this great job as a flight attendant. And it kind of it kind of changed the course of my my life because then I moved. So I was based in Calgary. And so I moved from living at home with my parents and moving another province. And I was working, flying around everywhere. And all of a sudden, this very different life. So school and education really kind of got put on hold. And I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is because 
it was one of those things. It's like, yes, I wanted to go in that direction. So you could say that the learning and the lessons with the psychology, like that would be my, that'd be something that I had a control over. I had an interest in and I could go in that direction. But if I wanted to, I couldn't avoid the math. I couldn't avoid that statistics. That was going to be a big part of it. And so I think, who knows? I mean, who knows? Eventually, who knows? Maybe I will do that. But what I'm saying is, I guess there's always, there's always going to be things that are required that we may not have control over. So I would just say to keep that in mind when you're looking at your life from a a spiritual perspective. But back to the guides. So the spirit guides have lived physical lifetimes. The angelic realm is a little bit different. So technically, most angels, there's a few, there's a few exceptions, but most angels have not lived human lifetimes or human incarnations. So they're in a bit of a different vibration. You could look at it sort of like levels of I don't know, levels of existence, planes of existence when it comes to the other world or looking at our universe. And so they're kind of like close to God, close to source. They're here for humanity. The archangels really are available to all of us. So those are the ones, the popular ones that we hear about all the time. Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Metatron, all these, those guys. And then we each actually have guardian angels who work with us and they're specific to us. And we all have at least one that's with us from even before we're born until we pass to the other world. And so with the angels, I find they're, they're kind of more, I don't want to say more innocent, but they seem maybe a bit less uh, fixated on the daily grind of being a human. They're very much to me very connected to really that unity, healing, looking at things from that higher perspective. They're very much, I feel, tender and there's oftentimes an emotional connection that's very, very light and beautiful. And angels see the best in everyone. There's literally nothing that you could do that would ever change the way your guardian angel feels about you. So it's an unconditional love that's very much like the connection to God or the universe, creator, great spirit, whatever you would like to, whatever term resonates for you. So I think oftentimes people say, well, my grandma is my guardian angel. And technically that's not necessarily true. But I do think that some of our loved ones sometimes do take on those roles. They do act in that way. They want to guide us or they want to be that protector of us or be, be that for us. But there's lots of people that will say, no, technically, no, that's not, you know, that's not possible. Your loved ones are, I think because we've had these lifetimes with them and they love us so much that it would be very difficult for them to be an objective guide because it's going to be super, super painful for them to see us or nudge us in any direction where there's going to be a potential for hurt or a potential for difficulty. Whereas with your guides, if they're technically just a spirit guide that, of course, there's a bond and they love you and they care for you, but it's a little bit different than, say, how your mom loves you or, or something like that, that maybe they're able to be a little bit more objective. 
So I can see, I can kind of see it both ways. But the thing with the guides and angels is that, yes, we all have them. The question always comes up, well, what about people that do horrific things? Like, what about people who do heinous things? How are they, do they have a guardian angel? And if so, what is that guardian angel doing? Why would they allow something like that to occur? And like, I'm talking murder, abuse, that kind of thing. And violence. And I feel the answer is that people who are capable of of doing those actions, there is absolutely no way they are connected to their own soul. It's like there's a major disconnect. If they had any idea or any awareness or any connection to that part of themselves that was conscious, there would be no way they'd be able to do go through with any of those acts. So it's a disconnect from God. It's a disconnect from humanity. It's a disconnect from their hearts, their souls. And yes, they have guardian angels, but they are not listening. They don't have a capacity or they choose not to. There's also a free will. We do have free will in this life. As much as I think sometimes people would like to think that everything happens for a reason. I don't know. I think maybe a lot of things do. But I also think a lot of things are up to us. We we do actually have a choice. So, I mean, that's a total topic for another another episode we could do a whole topic on that or probably a few episodes on that that's a wild kind of debate sometimes when you when you think about it how much of this life is destined how much of it is set in stone and how much of it is actually up to free will how much of it comes down to our choices so i mean it's something that i think about a lot a lot. So maybe we'll do a show on it someday. But what I would say is we also have teachers in the spirit world. We have master guides, ascended masters. We have the inspirers. We have these guides that come to really work with us creatively and to inspire our actions, inspire our words. We have healing guides. We have I mean, I feel like there's all, there's so many different types and it depends on your belief. For lots of times, somebody would say to me, oh, it's your gatekeeper. And I thought, mm, I don't know. I don't know if that is my gatekeeper. I just, I have a sense of this certain female guide that I feel working with me and I have a relationship with her. Is she a gatekeeper? Maybe. But it was somebody like people kind of put that into my awareness, but it wasn't something that wasn't my experience on my own. That's not how I perceived this guide. But then when somebody brought it up, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe she is. It's interesting to just kind of feel into that and see what you think. My first conscious experience with a guide was just going to a workshop. I just felt intrigued. It was a workshop to meet your spirit guide. So I thought, great, I'll go. And it was a meditation. It was like a guided meditation. And I experienced it and I saw this beautiful woman and she, she showed me some landscape that was very, I always see it now when I connect with her. And it was more of an emotional experience. I felt the energy, I felt the love, I felt the support. It wasn't words that were being given to me like, Melissa, I'm your spirit guide. This is my purpose with you. This is what you need to do. It wasn't a dictation. 
it was an experience. And so I did wonder about a name and there was a name that came to me. But I really don't think that the need for a name has anything to do with spirit. I, I think that when we ask, and it's so important to us to give them human characteristics and that we see their physical appearance and that there's a story, like where do they come from? And all of these things, I, I think those are our own human need. I don't actually think that the spirit themselves cares so much how we view them or what name we want to call them. Think about it. These are spirits that have had many, many lifetimes. So you want to ask for a name. Well, which one? Which lifetime? What are we referring to? <laughs> and so I think sometimes the way that we perceive them is for our own benefit. But there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's helpful if it helps you to have a name, if it's helpful for you to see them a certain way or for them to present themselves, they'll do that actually. They'll present themselves to you in a way that you can maybe feel safe. You can feel that that's comfortable to you, that that is, it resonates for you. So there's an intelligence at work always. They know what you need. So just, just to be aware of that. But it was a simple meditation. She came into my awareness. I asked kind of like, oh, is her name or what can I call you? I heard it. It wasn't one that I'd heard of or knew before, but I use that name when I connect with her. And so that was the beginning of my development. And she still works with me. I'm still very aware of her. Over time, there's just been different times when I've just become aware. Sometimes it's through again, like a meditation or a healing, a sitting for the trance states has certainly opened my eyes to more helpers and more guides than I was aware of before. Sometimes other people, you might have a feeling like, for instance, I had a feeling of this really funny male guide that I noticed this energy. It wasn't necessarily that I saw him with my physical eyes or even had an image of him in my mind, but it was a specific energy that I started to notice when I started doing larger events. So not just like home group readings, but like say a demonstration in a public place with more people. It's a different energy that's required. It's a different vibe and I love it, but it's different than what's what you need to do a private setting, a one-on-one -on -one or a, a group reading even. It's just a different type of energy. And so I started noticing this part of myself being expressed in these bigger groups. And I was doing a session with a student of mine and we were practicing. She was tuning in and actually she tuned into this guide. And I think she was a bit like disappointed because she wanted to bring spirit. Like she wanted to bring my loved ones through evidential mediumship is what she was trying to focus on. But it was it was brilliant anyway, because she came, she felt this connection with this guide and there was a sense that um, it was important that she kind of brought him to me. And it helped me to have an awareness that actually that feeling and that energy that I felt during these demonstrations was the same as what she was describing and what she was bringing to me when she was tuning into him. So it helped me to put the pieces together. So sometimes it will be validation through other people they'll either notice or tell you oh hey I actually felt this guide working with you this is his purpose this is what the energy feels like and you'll go oh my gosh yes I actually have felt that before so sometimes it'll be coming you know towards you somebody else will will mention it and I think that's spirit's way of of bringing you what you need also also how many times are we not paying attention 
I don't know. I think for as perceptive as I am and, and the fact that I spend my days and my life tuning in to details for people, sometimes with my own self, I literally like missed some big things. And I just think, oh, thank goodness that spirit has my pack. Thank goodness that they'll bring me what I need. If I'm not listening, they'll bring it to through somebody else. They'll find a way. So, I mean, bless them. I'm sure it's not always easy being my guide because I have a very wild mind. I, I have a lot of thoughts. Sometimes I can be distracted. I can be distracted more easily depending on what's going on. I think that people who know me would say, yes, this is so true. I can be a super stubborn person. Other people might think, oh, I don't get that from you. No, I, I actually can be very, very stubborn. So I think sometimes they must have their work cut out for them. But I really appreciate, appreciate they don't give up, appreciate that they keep working with me. And I would say sometimes I'm not, I'm guilty of not being super appreciative all the time. There are times when I feel maybe I've taken that connection or that relationship, that friendship for granted, just that of course they're there. And I feel bad when I look back and think about those times. But it's the same as in life. Sometimes we do take the people that we love a bit for granted. We just kind of, I don't know, depending what we're going through, sometimes that can be the case. But I think the more you, you intend to connect with them, the more you will. They might come to you as a collective group. It might not be that you're aware of individual, their individual presence. And so that's okay too. I think don't worry if it's different for you. Just embrace that. Be open to it. If you're really curious, if you want to know them more deeply or more individually, just say that to them and then have patience and see what you feel guided to. I do have a, an audio recording. It is on YouTube. It's Guides and Guardians. The medita it's a meditative process. I would recommend it. Why not just try it, see what happens, see what you experience. I've had, I think I had somebody that commented when I posted it initially that, oh, she did it and nothing happened. Well, okay, nothing that you're aware of, nothing that you're conscious of, but everybody's going to be at varying levels of development and awareness. So you have to, you don't just do it once and all of a sudden you're like enlightened with all of this information with your guides. Or maybe that will be your experience, but I'm just saying maybe not. So it takes dedication. It takes more time. Give, give the effort. And I think look at it from your energy. Are you demanding or are you open to just exploring? Are you willing to set aside what you think it should be, what an experience should be? Are you willing to let go of control? Are you willing to actually surrender and get out of your own way, get out of the ego, come into a place of just real, like, openness and receptivity. And so if you can do that, I think that, yes, you will begin to develop that relationship. You will begin to develop that communication, connection. I think that they offer us all kinds of signs, and sometimes they're subtle. It's not always even obvious. It's not always thunderbolts of lightning, dramatic experiences. Sometimes it's so simple and small that we just might even miss it, but it's not small. It's, it's all miraculous and it's all amazing. But I always go back to that quote from Roald Dahl, who one of my favorite authors, those who don't believe in magic will never find it. And 
you can think that you believe in it. You can think that you have, of course, you do. But logically is one thing. Like in your mind, it's one thing. Your energy has to be open to it. And you have to suspend that that part of you that's just so analytical and just that inner tyrant that's just like, it has to be this way. And I think sometimes two things come up where people feel like a little bit jealous of others that have that experience. And they're like, well, why isn't it like that for me? I want to have what she has. I want to experience it that way. And I think that you're doing yourself a disservice. Like you have to look at it from just your own perspective and in your own time, as you as you go through your journey, whether it's a healing journey, whether it's a development journey, whether it's just a journey of life, like you're just here having a beautiful and difficult and amazing and challenging human experience, you're going to find that eventually, the more you put out, the more you give, the more you offer to the spirit world, once you start noticing the miraculous, the miraculous will start noticing you. Or once you start noticing the mystical, or, or I can't remember the quote exactly. But it, it is that reciprocal kind of connection. And you do have to learn to raise your vibration. I think if you're going to be negative and you're going to choose to kind of be a bit in the why me, if you're in the depths of some feeling shortchanged by life or kind of in your anger, which I'm not saying don't be. I think we all have to go through various things. But if you're in the depths of that and then you're like, why isn't this happening for me? You have to also look at energetically what's happening. We live in the dense human physical world. It's important when we want to connect. You do have to learn how to be aware of your energy and what you're putting out there and actually raising that vibration and so I think surrender is a big part of it so keep those things in mind I would say don't give up keep trying different methods allowing for patience with yourself allow for patience with spirit and with your guides and your angels and I would just say do allow it to be your own journey and just be open and ready to be inspired because there's so much wisdom and there's so much insight that we can receive from those that guide us. And I'll tell you this, they want to help you. They want to support you. They want to be there for you. There is always hope and there is always an unlimited amount of love available to each one of us. Doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Uh, what you've experienced, whatever, wherever you are in life that is available to you. So as always, I hope that that's helpful. I hope that that brings you a little bit of insight and something to think about. Sometimes it just opens us up to more questions. I'm certainly happy to answer. If you if you listen to this episode and you have questions come up, feel free to message me, email me, melissawhitemedium at gmail.com. And I'm happy to answer them on the show. Or if you have questions about anything, they make for good episodes because I find people people benefit from the questions that you might have. Others probably have similar things that they'd like to know. So I would be happy to answer those. 
And uh, I'll see if you want to join the Facebook group, the Spirit Room podcast on Facebook, just send me, send the request. I'll approve you and I'll post the meditation, that guides and guardians meditation in the group. And I actually think I, I am looking for, and I always feel a bit weird asking for this because it seems a little bit strange, but I do recognize that in order to grow the podcast and to be reaching more people, I am going to have to ask for support every once in a while. So if you feel guided, if you feel inspired, if you like what you hear, please do feel very welcome to rate it, review it on your platform. I know Apple, like iTunes is an easy one to do it on. But if you're on Spotify, I did hear recently that you can now review on Spotify too. So if you could, I would absolutely be so grateful. And maybe I'll come up with some gift, something that I could offer. So maybe it's going to be like a draw for a reading or maybe something of that nature. But I'll, I'll put the, I'll put some details out. I'll have to think about, figure out what, what the little thank you gift of appreciation will be. But I would appreciate that. I also am on Facebook, Psychic Media Melissa White, but I have an Instagram that is just kind of stagnant. I feel like it's been at like, the same amount of people for a long time. I did abandon it for a while because I don't really know how to work it that great. But part of my goals for this year are to get a little more savvy when it comes to these things, to reach people more. But also, to be honest, like I do have these insp- these inspirations and these ideas as far as building a body of work. There's like creative projects on the go. I'm still working on the Oracle deck. I also know that publishers and and agents and things, when they're looking at writing or authors, they do look at their social media following. So it's not something that I've ever been like, ooh, let me do this so I can get more followers. Like, that's not where my mentality is. And there's nothing wrong with that. I understand that that's just part of the world we live in. But I'm getting the feeling now that maybe I have to maybe think of those things if I do want to kind of do some of the things I want to do. When it comes to uh, publishing, writing, getting out there, getting myself out there, um, speaking engagements, there's all these things that I have in mind. And so I guess I'm just talking to you guys because I feel like you're my friends, (laughs) even though like, I don't know, I sometimes wonder, like, I have that experience when I listen to certain podcasts that I love and I just feel like, oh, they're such a part of my life. And their voice is so familiar to me and it just soothes me. And so I kind of feel that way when I when I listen to my own ones that I love. And then I, I wonder sometimes if people feel that way about this one. If you do, I would just say, please do feel free to subscribe to it, share it. If you feel like it's helpful to someone, please do share it with them. And that's that. I'll leave you guys with that. But thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being a part of my life. And I just wish you guys the best. I hope you have an amazing day, night, wherever you are. And that I'm sending you this piece of inspiration, this energy that hopefully will ignite something within you to just be an explorer, to be somebody who wants to discover and learn and to know the spirit world in a deeper way. And I'll just say that if that's your desire, if that's your intention, that's exactly what will happen. So take good care and we'll talk soon.